Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, and these are stories, true as we can tell them. In the Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Vanslet. And I'm Matt Goldberg. More stories for you. As shared by the people that live them. Belonging. The B in parentheses, because I thought of every paper I had to read in grad school. Belonging. <laughs> and belonging. Really, it's the complexity of belonging. And that sense of longing that we feel, the longing for community and companionship, and how sometimes even when we think we find it, there is still an absence. And this is from October 2017 at the Fi Center. This is Emma Lanza. She has her master's degree in library science and currently works in the psychology department at Concordia University. Here's Emma. I'm in the locker room at the YMCA on Avenue du Park, absolutely terrified. It's 2010 and I'm 28 years old and I'm there to take an aqua fitness class. That's right. <laughs> I am mentally kicking myself for deciding to do something that requires me to wear a bathing suit in public. I change into my one piece as quickly as humanly possible using a giant beach towel to camouflage as much of my body as I can. I go into the pool area, avoiding making eye contact with anyone and make a beeline for the pool. The sooner I am in the water, the better. I am fat. I've always been fat. Sorry, big boned. <laughs> Plus size, um, curvaceous, thick, voluptuous, mistaken for pregnant three different times. My whole life, I was taught there was something wrong or defective about me because I'm fat and Consequently, I never really felt like I belonged anywhere, especially in my own body. But there's one place where I always felt like I do belong, and that is the theater. I love acting. Acting provides an escape from a very young age from the constant internal narrative of self-loathing and external reality of bullying in elementary and high school, pretending to be someone else it just gives me a freedom I can't experience in my day-to-day -day life. So when my high school announces it's putting on a production of West Side Story, I practice singing America over and over again. <laughs> I want that part of Anita more than I have ever wanted anything in my entire life. I watched the classic movie with Rita Moreno more times than I can count. And the day of the audition, I am petrified as I go down to the basement music room and audition at the slightly out-of-tune piano. I sing well, but I don't get the part. I don't even get to play one of Anita's girls. I get cast as a jet, a burly boy, not even the one girl jet anybody's. But they do give me my own song, though, somewhere. Because while I can sing beautifully, I just don't look beautiful enough to play a girl. And thus begins the seemingly lifelong trend of my never being cast as the leading lady or romantic ingenue. I'm always the sassy best friend or the maiden aunt or the man. 
Because who would believe that a fat woman could be the object of a man's affection, right? The thought to many people still remains absolutely ludicrous. Fast forward to spring of 2010, I've just been accepted to library school and I'm looking forward to my future career as a librarian. I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see an audition notice. It's for a play by Neil Labute, a playwright who is famous for pushing boundaries and being pretty subversive. The play is called Fat Pig and it's about a fat woman and average sized man's romantic relationship. Okay. So you know that feeling you get when you meet someone you think you might crush on and you feel really sick to your stomach but also like your whole body's covered in pins and needles and excitement and bubbles and unicorns? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the mere audition notice from this play elicits from me. So I immediately go downtown to Indigo because they have the play in stock. And I am ashamed to admit to you all that it did not even occur to me to get it from the library. <laughs> I know. I take the play off the shelf, fully intending just to skim the first few pages, but what actually happens is I read the play in its entirety, huddled in a corner of the indigo, quietly sobbing. See, the titular character, Helen, she's a fat librarian who loves classic movies. <laughs> the play grabs me from the opening stage directions. A woman in a crowded restaurant standing at one of those tall tables. A bunch of food in front of her and she is quietly eating it. By the way, she's a plus size. Very. A plus size? Not even plus sized. Very. It's so harsh and clinical and I don't like it so obviously I keep reading. The play has four characters, Tom and Helen, who meet, date, and genuinely fall in love. And then there's Tom's friend, Carter, and his ex-girlfriend, Jeannie, both of whom literally cannot fathom how Tom can be in love with a fat woman. I gravitate, obviously, to the scenes that I would be in, um, but also to the relationship and scenes between Tom and Helen. These are sweet scenes where you see two people genuinely falling in love and I had never seen myself or someone like me taken seriously as, as the love interest in a play before. And these scenes were so great mainly because of Helen. She is funny and quick-witted and completely sure of who she is. At the end of the meet-cute at the top of the play, Helen lays it on the line. She says, she says to Tom, please do not let yourself be afraid of me or of taking some kind of blind chance or what people think, because this could be so great. Who says that? <laughs> I mean, a confident, sexy librarian, that's who, but not me. Like, Emma, I would never... It makes me jealous. There's also a love scene, and it is real, okay? Tom and Helen are in bed watching a movie, and Tom is all over her, kissing her neck, muttering sweet nothings in her ear, telling her how sexy she is. He says to her, Helen, I want you, both mentally and physically, each curve, 
every last inch of you. And he's not fetishizing her size here. He just loves her for her. Cue me sobbing in the corner in the indigo. I know I have to audition for this play. I also know that if I audition, I will 100% get the part, and that is the rarest of feelings for an actor. But I also know that I won't be able to live with myself if someone else plays Helen. It has to be me. So, like in a chorus line, I climb a steep and very narrow stairway to an audition room lit with fluorescent lamps, and I meet with the director of the show, Joe, and the actors who have been cast as Tom and Carter. I'm wearing my favorite blue and white dress, and I'm feeling strangely confident. And Joe asks me how I feel about being the center of attention because of my size, and if I would feel comfortable with that. Because the entire press plan is gonna be based around me, my size, and the artwork is gonna be me in this sort of boudoir pose. Of course, I say, I am totally 100% fine and comfortable with that. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I was lying. (laughs) But I get the part. So, (laughs) thank you. Uh, (laughs) So the first read through is on a quiet Saturday afternoon in an empty classroom and Uh, You have the usual kind of first day jitters and nervous how do you do's, but everyone's really friendly and nice, and we start to read the play out loud. And the energy in the room slowly starts to shift. I become increasingly uncomfortable and feel like I'm under a microscope, whether I'm speaking or not, because I realize that I am the literal elephant in the room, or in this case, the fat pig. And it's one thing to read insults on a page but it's a totally different thing to hear yourself referred to in the following ways out loud. Beast, huge, pig, fat bitch, off the charts gross, fat sow, mama cass, and my personal favorite, she's got a nice face. One of the actors does make a point to apologize to me for all the names that they're gonna have to call me, and it's actually a really nice gesture. Um, I decide to adopt a stoic and witty and upbeat attitude throughout the rehearsal process. I am determined to stay professional and not let the subject matter of this play get the better of me. Weeks of rehearsal pass by and we are all working so hard to make this play a success and I am working extra hard to shove down any feelings I have of discomfort or worry about burying my soul in public in this way. Opening night. The theater is packed. My body is covered again in those exciting pins and needles and unicorns. And the play is going great. We're all hitting our beats. The audience is loving the show, and we come to the final scene. Tom has brought Helen to a work function on the beach, and they are separated from the group, sitting together in their bathing suits, eating hot dogs and kettle chips. And Helen calls Tom out for once again segregating them from the group, asking him if he is ashamed of being with her because of her size. 
In fact, she gets so angry that she gets up in her bathing suit and starts jumping around to try to elicit a response from him. And he gives in, telling her, yeah, even though he loves her, he can't handle what people are saying about him and judging him for being with a fat woman. So he ends it. And Theater St. Catherine is just silent. And you hear in the audience a person quietly go, oh. Tears are streaming down Tom and Helen's faces. The lights go down. Curtain. The lights come up to applause and a curtain call that I don't remember because I finally started crying. Finally allowed myself to feel all those feelings that I'd compartmentalized during the rehearsal process and if we're being honest for my entire life. And I have an intense panic attack, an emotional breakdown backstage. And no one really knows what to do or what to say. And I just tell them to let me cry and they do. And so I cry. I cry for all the versions of myself that have come before. For the chubby little kid who barely made it out of school intact. For the girl who has tried every diet under the sun because if only she were thin, she would be worth something. For that 28-year-old woman who feels the need to shamefully cover her body with a beach towel. And for that new version of myself that was inspired by Helen to love her body and who she is and recognize the beauty within herself. I'm in the locker room at my local community center. It's 2017, and I'm 34 years old, and I'm there to take an aqua fitness class. I take off my pants and shirt to reveal a cute blue one-piece bathing suit. I sit on the bench and slip on my pool shoes and put my curls in a high bun. I take my towel and nonchalantly sling it over my shoulder and stroll out into the pool area. Uncovered, unconcerned, and happy. Thank you. I am so, I cannot believe we have not had Emma on this show before. We had her for the shorts, but this is our first full-length Emma story here on the podcast. And I love what she's doing with storytelling right now at Concordia University. She's running these semi-regular storytelling events where people talk about their experiences and then they talk to experts in a range of fields in psychology. So it manages to be not a TED Talk, but a personal exploration and then a more scientific, more research-oriented conversation. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, this story really touches on the complexity of wanting to belong and then potentially finding a place where you belong but even that place is awkward and weird and not maybe what you thought it could be as a recovering theater graduate myself i think a lot about performativity and what emma's describing there is is the weird thing about theater when we are enacting these parts and when we are taking these parts on how much of our self is left exposed is left um, open to the actual language and experience. I mean, we want to see someone inhabit a character, but I think a lot about what, what, what about when that character feels? Is that you feeling as well? And 
And that can be dangerous and that can be hard. That's something we think about a lot at Confabulation where we're asking people to relive sometimes really difficult or painful memories. Yeah, and Emma does that beautifully in this story. So grateful. Thank you, Emma. And thank you all for listening to this edition of the podcast. We'll be back in a few weeks. See you then. Thanks so much for listening to Confabulation. We're a nonprofit dedicated to the art of true life storytelling. We run monthly autobiographical storytelling shows in Montreal and Victoria. You can learn more about the show and sign up for our mailing list at confabulation.ca or check us out on social media where we're at Confab Stories. Confabulation the Podcast is produced by our team, Dev Van Slet, Stephen Trepanier, and me, Matt Goldberg. Special thanks to the Conseil des Arts de Montréal for their support of Confabulation. We couldn't do it without you.